0: Hello beautiful queens and join me as we open up conversations that help women walk through difficult transitions and inner healing while unleashing the potential that God has placed within all of us to become untamed and unchained. In each episode you'll get the tools and resources to create the change in your life that you desire as you unleash your vision, your gifts, and your voice and your confidence to live the life of your dreams. I give my listeners and clients love and support. However, I do take the direct approach and we cut out that BS in your life. So instead of playing small, you can create big leaps into your life. Now let's dive into this episode. Hello, Queens. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to a special guest, Johanna, We met on Instagram and instantly just love this amazing woman. She is, she also has a podcast called the Vibrant Flow Podcast. She's from Finland and she is a femininity coach for women of faith who want to go from stuckness, rigidity, and perfectionism to softness, radiance, and being pursued. Johanna is, among other things, a wife, a mother to be. Congratulations. And femininity (laughs) coach. For the women, as we said, Um, and so we're going to dive in today and just indulge in like your energy and all the wisdom and all the goodness that you bring and just the beautiful ways that I have had an honor of like meeting you and knowing you and even like I love your podcast, by the way, it's so like juicy anybody I would recommend to go listen to it however today I want to like share different things and first I would love to start for you to if you could share your journey of like where you were and like what brought you to doing what you're doing today
1: Mm. that is such a big question and thank (laughs) you so much for that introduction I absolutely love being here and and just getting to know you I when I sent you that message, that first message on Instagram, I just knew that I wanted to get to know you. When I saw your page, it, it just clicked right away. Sometimes you just know, right? You just get this intuitive hit that, you know, you, you have to get to know this woman. And I always want to listen to that, you know, that hit, that intuitive hit when it comes. <laughs> and I'm really glad I did. Um, absolutely love your podcast as well. Um, it's such an honor to be here. Um, So what led me to doing what I'm doing right now? A lot of things, but I'm going to try and keep this compact as much as I can. (laughs) So there are lots of episodes in my life that have led me here. So what I grew up with was a very strong perfectionistic tendency um, that I just picked up when I was a kid Um, It was definitely not something that I was taught to behave like, absolutely not, but it was a way of coping for me. I saw that, or my child mind saw and, and sort of deduced that if I am perfect and I never have to ask for help, then I am not a burden. I'm not a burden to my parents. I'm not a burden to anyone. So I'll just, you know, fend for myself be as good as I ever can in everything that I do. And so that led me to become quite good at many things because I really pushed myself. I'm also a musician, singer, songwriter. I started playing saxophone as a teenager and I got really good at it really quickly because I was pushing myself really hard and of course i also liked it but there was a, a lot of unhealthy perfectionism in it well let's you know skip a few years and i'm studying to become a professional and um everything went wrong <laughs> or actually they went beautifully wrong in the way because it, it led me to healing but at first it felt awful because i started developing a lot of pain, chronic pain in my upper body. My arms um, were hurting all the time. And um, it was really hard. I had to stop playing saxophone, put those studies on hold, went to the university to pursue my English studies, sort of (laughs) on an exile of sorts, and just try to find a solution to what, what was going on in my body. There was just a lot of now what I know is nervous system dysregulation, but at the time I had no idea what was going on. And I was just pursuing answers with a lot of doctors, experts who did not know how to help me, uh, spent a lot of money. Um, my, (laughs) a big portion of my student loan to cover those medical bills and and it was it was three years at first of of trying to find answers, and I was depressed. Um, started having uh, panic attacks, a lot of anxiety. It was just a lot of disembodiment, and the result actually all of this was the result of years of disembodiment of being completely out of whack in my nervous system not listening to my body, not knowing how to take care of my body, and being pursued or being actually being driven by these impulses that came from a place of, I am not safe as I am. I need to perfect myself. And so yeah, yeah, that was just, um, it also of course, reflected my relationship with God because I, I grew up in the church. My dad is a pastor and all of those things. So a lot of beautiful things I've gotten from my background. But there was a lot of disembodiment. Like I always say, like there's a lot of <laughs> disembodiment in the church and how how um, it teaches women to be and how we're sort of um, not attuned to our beingness not attuned to our bodies and it's almost considered something that you have to disregard because it's the flesh so to speak and that i believe is a misinterpretation of of scripture the flesh is the old you that you are leaving behind when you become a new new (laughs) new being in christ but anyway that was a long journey of finding answers I found them slowly when I became ready to receive them sometimes we're not ready to receive the answers when we're in the midst of things that's just something that I learned I really desperately wanted the answers but what I was looking for and thinking it should be it ended up not being and and I don't think that I could have healed earlier because i was just not ready to receive what i needed to receive the information the knowledge about the brain the nervous system and how my emotional health was affecting all of it how suppressed emotions um, can actually create physical symptoms when they are suppressed for you know for years and years and all of that, I wasn't mature enough how to, to, you know, to deal with that kind of information, to understand it, I guess. And so I did heal. I the, the pain went away slowly as I really got into like reprogramming my mind, learning about neuroplasticity and how pain is created in the brain as a protective mechanism. And how in chronic pain, it is a protective mechanism that is operating with, in like under circumstances or under this false alarm that's on all the time. Like your system is interpreting your life to be threatening all the time. And this is what happens when women lead their lives with uh, a need to please. People pleasing perfectionism, needing to be good, like needing to be seen as good and always doing the right thing and being shackled with that essentially. And so it was a beautiful journey. I learned a lot, but also I didn't change my ways completely. And after a few years, the symptoms started to get, you know, come back because if you go back to your old ways it might happen (laughs) um the brain is malleable the mind is malleable so you can reactivate the old ways of being that happened to me and of course i would be first thing i would be blaming myself for this and being really mad at myself like how why is this happening i failed did i not heal was it, was it just a fluke? What, was it just, you know, some accident or something like that? But no, when you understand how your system, your mind, your body, your nervous system, or brain works, you will understand that there is no such thing as failure in general in life, but even in healing, because healing is not linear and it is a constant process that we are devoted to, a way of being. And so I needed to reevaluate how I was living and what kinds of thoughts were leading my life. And I noticed that many of them were pretty much the same as they always had been. And that was the cause, the root cause of my symptoms in, in general. So I needed to go even deeper with my emotions, deeper than I'd ever gone before. Uh, reprocessing emotions and and just dealing with undealt anger, rage, sadness, guilt from years past, from from my childhood, and this practice takes devotion, like it takes patience, it takes a lot of gentleness and also courage to to face them and to simultaneously be cultivating inner safety, safety in your system, safety in your body, safety in your surroundings, creating stronger boundaries so that you're not constantly being, uh, giving yourself these mixed signals that you want something and simultaneously you allow everything, you know, all the opposite to happen because you don't have boundaries. So there's a lot there. It's been a, it was a, a long, long journey. And like I say, it's, it's not something that you start and then you finish. That's the perfectionistic way of looking at things. Like you want to just take off something from a to-do list. And the women that I help now um, also have this tendency that they feel like, okay, they're, they're going to start the journey with me. They're going to take off these things from a to-do list, do the things right. And then they should have their result by X, Y, Z date. (laughs) when it doesn't happen, it's like, well, I failed. And that, again, it's just the same mentality that created the problem. And we cannot solve something with the same mentality that created the problem. So gentleness, huge thing, softness. The art of softness is one of the things that I teach now because I lacked it completely. It lacked, I just, it was missing from my life. I also, during this time, during the time that I was sort of going through my second round of healing, I found femininity. And it was um, an interesting thing that I'd never thought I would be drawn to, but I was. There was something in there that really spoke to me. And I realized that there's something that has been missing from my life up until this point. And um, I'm watching a lot of content, just learning about it, devouring all these femininity tips and and concepts and teachings and understanding polarity, like masculine and feminine polarity and dynamics and and in life and in relationships. It, It was just so... I don't know. It was just so juicy and good. And and it felt right in my system. And that also helped me heal. Because when you go back to your femininity, you go back to your original design. The way God designed you to be, to operate as a woman. Not like a man, like many of us are trying to prove that we can do life like a man. Which is a, a sad story indeed, because we miss out on our extremely powerful gifts when we're trying to be like men and, um, just seeing the world (laughs) with a new pair of eyes, I guess, um, around that time, some years ago, I was also struggling in my marriage, um, with my husband and there's, there was just a lot of discontentment and I was, I was lost as a woman, as a wife. This was prior to the when the second round of healing had begun and I found femininity. But all of this sort of came together. I started to heal on a deeper level. I started to rebuild my relationship with God and with myself, with my body, with my femininity, most of all. And lots of different areas in my life healed. Now, I, I don't live with chronic pain anymore. I have a beautiful, beautiful stronger than ever relationship with my husband. And I am so passionate about showing the way to other women, especially the women who've been so hard on themselves. Most of them have grown in in the faith, right? And some of them have grown in very, very rigid and strict legalism. And that has robbed them of their relationship with their bodies, and now they suffer for it. Many of them are women in their 30s. They really want kids. They really want to get married. They want to get into a relationship, but they feel stuck because they're operating in this um, inauthentic way of being um, and guiding them back to their softness, their radiance, their femininity. Their true relationship with God that is not transactional and fear-based, but gets to be beautiful, gets to be a real relationship, gets to be a relationship in which you are pursued, you are loved, you are cherished. And it starts there, right? Our relationship with God as the primal masculine principle in life. And that way we get to see how it manifests in other areas of our lives. And then with our relationship, relationships with men, because we are already cherished, already pursued, already adored and loved. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I know that took a while, but I hope it made sense. Oh, it was beautiful.
0: I'm glad it took a while because it was so captivating the whole journey. It had to take a while for you to explain. And I thank you for like being present and sharing those because sometimes we can push through, which is like there again, we could go into a whole session with that. I'm not going to, but you delivered this message so beautifully that they got to experience and walk it with you. And you brought up so many different points I feel like I'm in my second healing phase where it's the deep like and like your story and my story are different but the same and it just it's funny because in January I lost my mom and my I have like intense um knee pain like I like Mm -hmm. my knees like just her. And I'm a very active person. And I kept saying it came from the loss of my mom. I know it sounds weird, but I, it is like, I know this is, and people thought I was crazy. They're like, no, you just work too hard. And I'm like, no, I know it's deeper. Mm-hmm. I know my body. I, I didn't know how to like release it. Until I went to this chiropractor, he's like amazing, and we were talking, and he's like, "Well, your knees actually—the emotion that it's holding is anger and intimacy." And at first, I was like, "Well, I don't feel like I have anger," but you know, I know that we can also not be aware of things, and I say, "Well, intimacy that that." I understand that was my mom, like she was an intimate part of myself. So I would get that. So I sat with myself and I was like, Do I have anger? And as this started unraveling, I realized that I had some deep anger in me. I now can like jump into cartwheels and flip and anything, and my needs are totally fine because of releasing when you were saying about the chronic pain. And I grew up very rigid, very perfectionist um, in religion and one of the big questions that I want to ask you is because I get so passionate about this um, and you touched on it just a moment but you know you what you brought out was a little bit different but a lot of people you know are like the heart deceives you and I'm like well, Um, okay, so let's backtrack. You accepted Jesus Christ. He's in your heart, but yet you're saying the heart deceives you. So I see a lot of like women, the women that I work with as my clients, and even just in communication, there's a fear barrier for them to actually open themselves up and actually allow themselves to receive who God created them to be. So what would you say to that woman that is like stuck in that, like, um, all of rigidness and fear and control of just like, oh my gosh, I want this, yet I have been conditioned this way. That's not what they say, but that's what you and I see, you
1: know. Right. So this woman, I I guess, is just struggling, Like ha- has a, this inner conflict of wanting something and, and simultaneously judging what she wants, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. So, to go back to that point of like the heart deceives you, um, I believe that yes, our our feelings can deceive us. That is a that is true. But when we really get to the bottom, like to to our heart that we find in God, that's a different kind of experience. It's a different kind of, um, relationship that you have with yourself and with god so there there is discernment there discernment is also something that we develop in our relationship with god so i do want to say that that yes sometimes our feelings can betray us i can feel like i am an awful person i can feel like i'm a failure i can feel lots of things right but it actually doesn't mean that those feelings come from my heart and come from the spirit, right? So discernment there and asking yourself, is this in alignment with the truth? Always going back to that question. Is this in alignment with a, what? what is the vision that God has given me and the deepest desires of my heart and what I know to be true? Okay. And that being said, um I always want to remind women that the deepest desires that they hold in their heart that they've they've held there for years most likely are there for a reason they are these crystals crystals sort of merged in your heart that God put there to remind you of the vision that she, that he has for you, that you can walk in life in purpose and with a clear vision. We know that the scripture says that where there is no vision, people perish. The same goes for you. So what is the vision? God has put it in your heart, right? It has been put there like a seed, and you will know if it is from God, if A, it is again in alignment with truth, with who God made you to be, most likely it will somehow serve other people as well. But it requires for you to be seen, for you to be shining your light. These are the the, the pillars that usually have to come together and happen. Um... When we talk about the deepest desires of your heart, whether it is to get married, to to find someone um, to start speaking your heart and to te- teach people or whatever it is, to create a brand, to start a business, to have a career of this and that sort and or to have kids or to um, coach and mentor women, what whatever it is, uh, create music, art. All of it. So there's life in it. There's more life. I'm I'm constantly asking myself with everything that I do, is this creating more life? Or is it robbing life? So you will know, like if 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 you want more abundance, if you want more love, it is more life, right? It is more life. And And when women step into their power, when they finally accept and recognize that this desire is good, that it is in alignment with what I believe to be true, it is in alignment with who I want to be. Also, like going back to integrity and values and all of that. So, it is in alignment with all of these things. So, when I finally accepted. It is so liberating, right? If you are now questioning it, you're questioning, like, I can't trust my heart. I can't trust this desire um, because I've, I've been taught not to trust my desires, essentially, right? I've, I've been taught and programmed to always be disregarding and and just pushing it aside, pushing it away, Um that leads to a lot of constriction and you will know if that is your experience you will feel it that there's a lot of constriction rigidity contraction perhaps pain emotional pain around this thing when women come to me and they share their deepest desires they share it with a lot of vulnerability and it always comes out with this emanation of pain in the sense that it has been kept under lock and key for years. So that is where the pain comes from because it's been denied for so long. Or there's fear that it's not going to happen for me. It's too good to be true, or I'm not enough. And all of these stories. It can't happen. I have all of these, you know, all this proof of past years that it has never happened. So it's not going to happen now. And all of that pain emerges and comes out of you when you finally admit to it, admit that you want it. But that urgency that you feel around it is also evidence of its depth and how much it really means to you. If something doesn't really matter to you, if it's not a real desire... You wouldn't really care, right? You wouldn't. It, there would not be a lot of emotions around it. It would just be like, eh, whatever. You know, it's okay if I don't have it. If it's okay if I don't experience it, because it doesn't really. It's it's not really you. But if something is a true desire, that is written in your heart, that is for you and has been given to you for a reason, because you were made to shine a light. There's a lot of powerful emotion around that. So that's always like a, a signal as well. And I'm not talking about fleeting emotions and feelings here, but true urgency and this fire around it. Sometimes it's sadness, deep sadness. Sometimes it's something else, either for the denial of it or just, you know, feeling like, oh, if I could just... Do this, it would be amazing. And it has nothing to do with like accolades or, or something superficial, it goes deeper. So your desires are given to you for a reason because no one else can fulfill the purpose that you are supposed to fulfill. No one else can speak the way you do Um, communicate the way you do, just with your presence, not not even with your words, but with your presence. No one else has your experience, your past, your story. No one else has your viewpoint. And all of these are gifts and, and they make you unique. And someone out there needs you. It needs whatever it is that you have to offer, even if you're questioning it right now. Someone out there is the right person for you in a romantic relationship. Someone out there is looking for you to be their spiritual mother or something like that. It can be anything, really. And no one else can fulfill that post. So it would be devastating for you to disregard your heart's desires because. What is the alternative? The alternative is that you stay small. You keep hiding yourself, right? You keep pretending that it's okay. But the urgency and the pain you feel around not fulfilling your purpose are constantly um, bringing evidence to the table that you shouldn't be doing that that it's actually as if you're saying to God, no, you're not enough. Your word and your promise is not enough. I'm not enough and what you've given me is not enough and I'm too broken, I'm too messed up and your power is not enough. Like how easy would that be to say? You would start questioning yourself, I hope, if, if you were really honest with yourself. And so, like I said, it would be a devastation if you didn't listen to those desires that God put in your heart, because they are, uh, yeah, I keep saying this, but they are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. They are and they're ours
0: and like I have tears in my eyes when you're talking it was like you're going to hit so many hearts of women who listen to this that was my biggest thing like my whole life I kept trying to prove to God and everybody around me that I wasn't enough like that was my core wound um, and I know a lot of women struggle with that like that's a that's a deep one of you know not and they're not necessarily even aware that they're doing it yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Um, But it is, it, it's when we, you know, when you brought that out of saying like to God, like what, what you're doing isn't enough and what, who I am and the desires of the heart. I think it's so beautiful when I really dug into this and I realized, you know, like you said, um, nobody has our presence. Like, there's just one you and even you, by you being you and sitting with somebody or talking with somebody is a gift. Um, You can deliver something that nobody else can. And it doesn't matter if you're on an airplane or if you're on a train or if you're in Walmart, or if you're at the gas station, you have the ability to create an impact wherever you go. And that is a gift that we get to give every single day of our life. And I am so thankful for the humans that I cross paths with and have that experience because I've had so many wonderful things happen that I couldn't have experienced on my own. I needed them to be them, you know, in that moment. Um So what would you say to the woman who um, has like, the high inner critic, the rigidness. And she's really desiring to lean into um, the softer life. And you and I both know the softer life isn't just, you know, floating on the clouds and um, taking bubble baths and being the princess, quote unquote, because there's this whole thing (laughs) there too, where I think people are like, oh, well, the softer life, it's not that we're not doing anything. It's just different like it's coming from a different place what would you um say to her to help her like drop the shield and release some things so she can start experiencing more of the softness and receiving and being open
1: yeah well what you said is um is exactly to the point of you know dropping the shield so it all starts with creating that safety, right? That inner safety, that is, that was the game changer for me. And that's what I'm guiding women to do now. And I see that, you know, all of the the perfectionism, rigidity, uh, fear-based living, you know, it all stems from fear, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of women, they feel like, because they've been programmed from a very early age, that if they do not conform to a um, a way of being that was shown to them, whether it was like a, a church a leader who was operating from a place of woundedness and immaturity, unfortunately, because we're all, well, none of us are perfect, right? And so this is not about placing blame, but just understanding human condition. Um, so let's say... Uh, an elderly or, um, church elder, a woman taught you that you cannot, like, you cannot dress that way. You cannot do this. You, you know, instilling a lot of fear that if you don't do things the way you should, the way I'm doing things, for example, you are not going to be accepted. You are not, you know, God is going to push you away. Um, and your body is really dangerous, essentially. You need to hide it. Which, of course, leads to the deeper belief in a woman that she, you know, she will always have a very conflicted relationship with herself, Like, which sometimes leads to chronic pain in and of itself. Um, And that is a place of I'm not safe. I'm constantly I'm not safe because. God is a transactional God that is the programming that I received, right? I need to be perfect for him to uh, accept me. I need to be perfect according to the standards of these people around me for 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 myself to be accepted. And um how could you be soft with this kind of programming even if it was just with your your family, it could be your family or, your school whatever environment it was that really had a huge impact on you maybe the women in your life your mother your grandmother aunts whatever they showed you a model of disembodiment aka rejecting yourself rejecting your body rejecting your needs rejecting all of it to be the perfect whatever perfect christian woman What whatever you know, constant people pleasing, all of it, and um, and doing things by a strict playbook. You can't soften. You you cannot soften because it's not safe. Similarly, you can't truly be seen for who you are. You can't truly even see yourself and your gifts because it's not safe. You had to hide. You had to push these things away. You had to contract and keep things like a tight fist. You had to grasp things with a tight fist to make sure that you don't mess up, right? And, well, can you be soft and hold your fist like this? No, you can't. It leads to a lot of extra tension everywhere in your body, and you can't receive like that. You can't receive intuition like that even. It's, it's interesting, like our bodies are so incredible. If you hold tension in your body, your body does not mm, sort of take in bodily cues or like cues from the environment in a way that we can understand them as much as it can when you are relaxed. If you are relaxed, you actually receive a lot more cues. You can make a, you know, better choices. You understand what someone is saying in front of you because you're relaxed, not contracted. And you understand yourself better. So safety is where we start. And this all goes back to the nervous system as well because you can't live a softer life and feel held and just, you know, loved and supported if you are living in chaos inside the body, right? So calming the nervous system. There are lots of ways to do it. Um, The very, very basic thing for you to start with that is so simple that it feels like it's not doing anything for you but it really is is a practice of orientation and it's something I show my clients it's a, it's the baseline thing <laughs> where we start off with to create safety orientation is simply for you to sit still observe your surroundings like really take them in with slowness If you are under or operating under rigidity, there's a lot of like fast and like fast impulses and and all of that. So slowness, introducing slowness, even though your system is going to resist it at first, it's just really uncomfortable if you're used to going on a, you know, going about a thousand miles in a minute in your mind and, and with everything that you do observing your surroundings noticing hey okay there's a curtain there there's a there's a chair there which is all to signal and to really instill it to your mind that you are safe that your surroundings that there's there's nothing bad going on in your surroundings now and then feeling how you're sitting your sits bones how are you sitting Can you feel how you are being supported right now? Or if you're walking right now, feel how the ground is supporting you. How your body is able to lift up and how you're being supported. Feel the connection. I'm going through this exercise now very quickly, but then you would move on to your internal world as the third aspect. So it's surroundings, your contact with whatever surface that you're on, and then your breath, whatever is happening inside. Just now you can notice how are you breathing. Is it slow and intentional to your belly? Is there any rigidity, any... Constriction and tension in your body. Can you just very gently scan through your body and notice what's happening? Relaxing your jaw, relaxing your shoulders. Your pelvis carries a lot of tension that we're not aware of. Your hips, your pelvic bowl, pelvic floor. A lot of women are tightening their pelvic floor. For no reason just out of habit and it creates a lot of tension in the upper body as well so just with your out breath imagining that your your pelvic floor is softening and opening like a flower notice if you're clenching your butt cheeks that happens often completely not aware of it but i've noticed that sometimes i'm just clenching my butt cheeks for no reason Um, can you be soft when you're clenching your butt cheeks not it's harder (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so you can soften those as well and going through your entire body and being still noticing how you get to create more safety inside your body there is a lot more of these techniques this is very very simple it's so simple like i said that our minds that crave um complexity really try to resist right Mm -hmm. but that is the thing like your mind that really wants that complexity and things to be hard that mentality is part of the problem So you're relearning a new way of being. And so you can expect it to be a little, okay, this feels different. But you'll get used to it and you'll notice that that actually feels a lot better. Because when you were a baby, when you were born to this world, you were not constricting and clenching and, and, and tightening and... And all of that, like, a, a baby is just showing everything, you know, accepting all parts of her, touching all parts of her, loving her feces, and, you know, just eating and touching and, and playing with everything. There is no constriction. There's no rigidity there. Our tension and self-hatred and um self-rejection. <laughs> there's none of that right so it is actually the authentic you anyway right so we start with safety right Uh, cultivating inner safety and cultivating a relationship with your inner child which i'm sure you've talked about and and we've heard heard the term being used a lot so but there is there is a real purpose for that um Because that inner girl in you is usually the one that is hurting, right? Her needs were not being met when you were a child, perhaps, or a teenager, whatever. And she needs to be heard so that we need to create relationships. Relationships with yourself, with her, this part of your mind, this part of your body. And then recreating or rewriting our relationship with God as the highest masculine principle. One, you know, that relationship gets to be filled with safety. And once it does, once it is filled with safety, it is easy to feel soft. It's easy to feel seen because you simply know that you are. That is the truth. Whether you feel like it's the truth right now or not, it is. And you are pursued as a woman. That is your lot (laughs) as a woman. You are being pursued and God is pursuing you. This is a scriptural truth. We know this, right? Mm -hmm. But even from a polarity perspective, it's true. So, yeah, Safety, I, I would say that that's where we need to start because all of the tendencies arise from a sense of I'm not safe. I'm not, and I'm not enough is also the same. It's it's I'm not safe essentially, put differently. I'm not enough. So I can't do this. In other words, I'm not safe to try something out because there are risks I get rejected or something else. Yeah. So once you are grounded in yourself and God, softness is what comes out of it. Yes.
0: Thank you for sharing that exercise. Like I was soaking it in. Like you grounded me even further by sharing it. And it's interesting that you brought that up because that is something that I am working on currently is like being present Mm -hmm. and you actually don't realize how much you're not present until you're asked to like do what you just did um, of being in the moment and like feeling and smelling and your breath and all the things. And I know like everybody around me, a lot of times it's gotten better a lot of times has been like we want slow down slow. Like I, <laughs> I never I, I can relate <laughs> yeah I never realized how much I lived in like fight and flight response until like I was started this because it was in the beginning it was more like I was in the mindset frame and everything and now it's like mm. the embodiment and femininity yeah. and I and obviously I feel like it's also 3d because I'm aware of things more and so I'm like even like little things when I'm driving, sometimes I'll be like, gosh, they're just lean back. Like, you don't have mm-hmm. to lean back. like, just relax. Like, and so it is a, there is a resistance that does come up when we're doing that because it's, we've always, you know, we've always done it that way. And so I think that's a big part of the journey where a lot of us, if like that have been hyper-independent, have had the shield, have had the... We didn't feel safe. Learning how to feel safe in our body is actually exhausting because it's like a complete opposite and releasing everything that kept you safe, quote-unquote, all those years. And now allowing yourself to bloom and to flourish and to be vulnerable and to be held, like you said, and to be pursued and chosen by God, sometimes it feels really frightening. Like I'm just being real. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. However, it's so fulfilling, and it's so um, it's so beautiful. The journey is that obviously like keep keeps unraveling. Um, however, it's. It's so going against, like, un- it's undoing and learning how to drop into your heart and and trust mm. and breathe, and yes. it it does come with a lot of ease, and that's something as well. Like when we've always been striving and doing and the things, so something that had come up for me, and I see it because obviously we attract clients that. <laughs> are like past versions of ourselves um yes <laughs> <it> is, <laughs> so funny but um like a lot of women are very afraid to be seen like it's the very thing that you want to your core especially when they're in a romantic relationship you know and i'll i'll even like, they're like well you know my sex life is boring or he doesn't pursue me or um you know he doesn't pay attention to me or he's not listening and from the outside looking in, I know why because of the way that the polarity is happening of where she. But then the moment that I start to see her, she's like, oh, like she like starts putting all these. And I, I've, I've done this. I'm still like working through it. Of like peekaboo, I'm here. Don't look at me, but do so. What do you? What would you say to the woman that mm. is like really desiring to be seen and to be held and to be like? chosen and
1: yet is fighting it. oh yeah and <laughs> uh, this is what we all do and you know this is the first thing that i want to say and it goes back to everything that we just talked about and and creating safety it sort of um relates to that a lot so the women that are that i meet that are really afraid of being seen like let's say um I had a client who um, was really apprehensive about going into the dating world
0: because Mm -hmm. she,
1: you know, there was just a lot of like, a lot of fear around it and fear around making mistakes, fear around like, what if it doesn't go right, you know, and not wanting to live out outside the will of God and all of that. But that fear was keeping her stuck. Um, And what was simultaneously happening is being afraid of yourself and your emotions being afraid of going deep within to meet meet those emotions like anger or guilt or resentment sadness because they're they're actually quite frightening sometimes yeah And, and also sometimes it's really hard to accept that you even have those. Like when I say to women, like most of us have rage that we're not aware of, (laughs) we scoff and we're like, I'm not an angry person. Look, you don't know me. I I don't have rage. And that was my response as well. Like I was never the, like, I didn't have anger issues. I, I wasn't angry pretty much ever. So how how on earth could I have anger and rage inside me that didn't make sense? Mm-hmm. But the truth is, yes, there was, but it was unconscious, and and unco- unconscious means that you are not aware of it. It's just suppressed so deep within, locked away because your conscious mind is also agreeing. This mm-hmm. is too much. Let's put it away. Let's you know lock it in that deep you know, cabinet there. Let's never open it. And if she tries to, if she goes too close to that cabinet, we'll send her a lot of other, you know, signals, let's, we'll create pain. And she'll, she'll focus on that. She'll focus on her knee pain and not the fact what is, you know, underneath all of that, because it's like a, it's a strategy of distraction strategy of aversion that your mind uses for your protection again but it's it's just not working too well. <laughs> yeah. Um so what I got women to do is you get to face those deep emotions and start to you know explore that world in a safe way. For example, on paper. In a way that no one is going to see it no one is going to read what you write when you're being completely honest let's say you take a take a moment in your life that was really stressful in your childhood or later in your life and you start writing free writing free associating without editing without pausing without anything emotion will start to come out you will start to tap into something that that's been hidden especially if you continue with a practice like this and you just write write what the anger wants to say when you notice that there's anger. You write it down. It needs to be expressed, but in a safe way. Obviously, you're not going to go yell at someone or, you know, have a fit of rage, you know, in front of someone or in front of your kids or... No, no, no. Obviously, we we create a safe container for this to happen. But if the point is, is that if you cannot face yourself... And you cannot even see yourself as a result. You can't see who you are and who you've been and what you've suppressed. It's really hard for you to be like, uh, fully accept yourself and go out there confidently. Yeah, Because you feel like you are living in the shadow realm almost. You're trying to be someone, but it doesn't feel authentic. And you know, that inner connection isn't there. Yeah. A woman who is really confident, most likely the woman that you um, you admire, whoever it is, she has a very direct relationship with herself. She's met her shadows. She's met those pain points. And she's been there in the pain. She's She's lovingly been there and felt her way through that so that she can transmute it into something powerful and so that she can then uh, light, uh shine her light but if you're operating from a place of i'm afraid of myself essentially yeah. it, it's hard to be seen and let's take an intimate relationship then into this picture how could you be seen by this other person when you're hiding from yourself yeah it's it it doesn't you know yeah. it doesn't add up right so it all starts with you this is what i say to wives everywhere if you want to transform your relationship in your marriage or with your boyfriend or whoever it starts with you your relationship with yourself transforms the relationship with this other person it's just what happens but we do the opposite we try to manipulate the other person Where we're not even seeing ourselves. You know, that old adage of like, know thyself. Know thyself. Do you know yourself? Really? Do you know your deepest desires? Do you know how you get to meet your needs? Or are you constantly denying them? Ignoring them? And being like, no, he should be doing that for me. He should be doing that for me. And you're building resentment. You're building more resentment. And again, goes back to, <laughs> I don't even see myself. I don't even know myself. I'm afraid of my own pain points. So I can't share them. I I can't. I will hide because that is, again, quote unquote, safety for me. That is the box of safety that I've created for myself that feels like I can control it. There's like somehow I can manage it and control it. And then, of you know, that leads to this, you know, discontentment because you're not being authentic. You're not being really seen and all of that. So you need to see yourself first. Yeah, Are you being honest with yourself about that?
0: Yes. Oh, this is so good. Oh, so good. It just makes me think I'll just use myself as an example of like when back in the day, I used to be like... No man can handle me, quote unquote, because I'm just a a little pride in that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like self-protecting mechanism at the highest level. And what was really going on is I didn't know how to handle my own emotions. Mm -hmm. So whenever I was in a relationship, as soon as my emotions came out, I was like, (gasps) and then I would like suppress and avoid. But then I would get resentful because I didn't feel connected. I didn't feel like yeah. he saw me. I didn't feel like yeah. he was there for me. And um, I laugh when you say rage because, like, I, I know I have rage in me. Like, I, I when my daughter went through a sickness is when like it all came mm-hmm. out of me and I yeah. completely rebelled and I was angry. And so um, some of my clients, like, I will actually. When I'm like navigating through some things, I'll go for their anger points on purpose, and they're like, "Why do you like? Why do? You, why are you so okay with anger?" And I'm like, "Cause it's so healthy when it comes out of you, cause it's actually passion. Yeah. It's actually a piece of you that you get to connect with and like receive that part of yourself. And when you do that, that lights up parts and pieces of you that yeah. you've been suppressing. And so I like." That's why when I was asked, it, we're told, you know, your your knees are holding like anger. In it. I was like, okay, okay, you know, <laughs> don't go in the. I don't have. I do, and I just like it was two weeks ago. I just released a ton of anger. I even cracked jokes of. I saw this TikTok of um, smashing pumpkins, and I was like, I think I should go smash but just to like release it in a safe way and move the body and get it out of us. But it's, I love how you said, and I've said this a lot is we will connect to other people to the extent that we can connect with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so often we have just like we suppress and we just push it down. And I will be, I'll admit that like, Experiencing our own emotions and actually allowing ourselves to feel them and flow through our body can feel very intense. It can feel Mm -hmm. very scary. And there's a, there's a surrendering that actually, like has to happen um, because you feel out of control. And that's where we immediately want to go into that. (gasps) I got to get back into control. Like you said, and then we, we turn into manipulating or blaming or pointing the finger And so, um, I could just go on about this forever, but I'm like, I want to honor your time and and you're pregnant and you so beautifully shared all of this wisdom with us. I truly, truly appreciate you. Um, so two questions that I'm going to ask. And one is, um, so for like surrendering, isn't a mind thing, as you know, it's, it's a body thing. And I know like we touched on like bits and pieces of it. So if a woman can' came, came to you and she was like, I'm really desiring to struggle. I just struggle. <laughs> I really <desiring>. hope not. You're <laughs> really desiring to release the struggle that I have yeah. of surrender. What what is something that I can do to help go in that direction?
1: <laughs> now that I chopped that mm-hmm. up. Okay. Well, if you've started like you start with the safety, right? You start yeah. with calming yourself. You you calm calming yourself down, slowing down your life. You start with with um writing down your emotions. Like I like I said, mm-hmm. you start start with something that stresses you out and you really put those emotions on a page and you express them, right? This all helps you to surrender. Because it when we hold on to, like we suppress and we hold, we tense up. We can't surrender. But once something is out on the page, for example, it's easier to release. I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this that. if you write something down and you write it out, you express it. or if you even if you talk it out loud to someone, it's easier to release it than to just being holding on to it. So that is a way of surrender. But yes surrender is a way of being. Mm. It's a way of being, right? And it is a constant devotion and practice. I would be completely lying if I said that I'm some sort of master guru of of surrendering. No, it's something that I know I will practice until the last day I draw breath. Yeah. And it because it's a devotion, right? It's a it's an inner posture that you are creating for yourself just like that so, uh, strength and softness is an inner posture right um receptivity is an inner posture it's a posture of the heart of the spirit
0: mm-hmm.
1: so just I, I the way i practice surrendering especially when it's hard mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard yeah um yeah. Let's say, okay, I'm going to use a personal example just real quick. Like, you now know I, I'm pregnant and I had a really difficult first trimester, right? And Leona knows this. And um, and there was just a lot of sickness and, and, and extreme fatigue. And I felt awful all the time, 24-7. And I needed to lay down a lot of my own plans that I had for myself. Uh, my expectations were different. And it was hard, but it was an active process of surrendering for me that was not pleasant at times. It wasn't pleasant. The whole thing, it didn't feel pleasant. <laughs> um, and um, so what it looked like for me was surrendering what I planned, the timelines that I'd set up for myself, and constantly saying... and and declaring and reminding myself that that my timelines are never as good as God's and he knows best. And what I'm surrendering is actually the the only way I can receive what really is for me through surrender, right? That is the only way that I can truly receive the right plan, the right outcome, the right um, progression of things in life, right? So it also looked like reminding and talking to myself out loud, sometimes in prayer, like I'm surrendering my my need to control the situation, my expectations and my fears, and writing those down, constantly being writing, <laughs> writing them down, releasing them, and deciding. Yes, sometimes it is. It is a decision that I make in my mind, and some. And it's like it takes a while for the body to catch up. Almost that's what happens in learning in in general, right? Right. So sometimes we need to start with a firm decision. Yeah. That I am Absolutely. surrendering the control. I am surrendering my, you know, my fears, everything, because I don't know best. And I know that goodness will flow. I know that blessings will flow. I know that my energy levels will rise. I know that opportunities are not lacking. Mm -hmm. So you have to go back to truth. What are you affirming to yourself daily? We're affirming something anyway at all times, so you might as well ask yourself, is it helpful? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, surrender also happens in the body. If your nervous system is jacked up, there's no surrendering happening. There's just constriction and fight or flight state, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the opposite of surrender. Surrender happens in your um in the state of, of regulation, in the state of spaciousness, when you have spaciousness in your body to feel without reacting, to feel without going into negative stories. It, it is that safety that you cultivate. Mm-hmm. Um, surrender is not something that you crack a code on and mentally conceptualize I can just, I think the only thing I can really say is that it's a devotion and a way of being and and a constant practice and nobody's perfect at it. So please leave your perfectionism behind and know that surrender is the complete opposite of it. (laughs) It truly is.
0: I think that's why we actually fear it when we come from that perfectionism place, because it's not something that can be boxed in. It's very messy. And it yeah. kind of like oozes and flows all over the place but I just have to capture I literally stopped and took a note like I never do that but you said when I surrender is when I truly can receive what God has for me.
1: Yeah.
0: And that is just a statement that we can all put on our bathroom mirror to even like cuz like you said it is it is making a choice in our mind and then our body follows mm-hmm. and when we when we can allow ourselves to receive those words and believe that it's safe for us in that when we're releasing, there's greater things that are coming. Yeah. And so I love how you shared that part of your journey. That was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that is a big, that is a big surrender when we're going through that pregnancy. Mm. Um, so where. I'm like, they have just gotten so much goodness from you, devouring. Like, I'm going to go back and re-listen to this. And, but so where can they find you? Because I know there's a woman that's listening to, or women that are like, I need her in my life.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so kind. Um, Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at The Vibrant Flow Podcast it's my handle and my website is the vibrant podcast.com and the vibrant flow podcast is available on all of the podcasting platforms yeah so you can just type it out i don't think there is another podcast with that name so you'll be able to find it easily so that that's how you can find me and i'll i'll be sending the links to leona so the she can just you know copy and paste them to the show notes then
0: i was gonna say i'll put them in the show notes and they click on there and they can find you but thank you so much Thank you so much for tuning in to Unchained and Untamed. I'm confident that you received exactly what you require to unleash your potential and unapologetically own your feminine heart and soul and be the woman that God has created you to be. It's time to take the next step on your transformational journey. Apply what you've learned and know that I am here to support you every step of the way. I'd love to hear what your biggest shifts and ahas were that you received from this podcast. So make sure to shoot me a message and follow me on Instagram at Schrock underscore Leona. See you there.